Happy Alec Manoa Day to those of you who celebrate. Tuesday, July 18th, and today in the Locked On Blue Jay podcast, we'll deep dive why I like the Blue Jays in this three-game series starting tonight against the flailing San Diego Padres. It's at the Rogers Center for three, and Padres have Rugnet Odur. So if you're attending any of these games on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, get your booing voice loosened up and ready to go. We'll get set for tonight's pitching matchup. That's Manoa versus Joe Musgrove, and it is Trivia Tuesday, so let's get into it. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays. Yes, indeed, been locked on Toronto Blue Jay baseball pretty much my entire life, ever since I can remember anyway. Toronto Blue Jay baseball, a big deal for me. I'll say it's a big deal for my family as well. Certainly, thank you for spending part of your day talking Toronto Blue Jay baseball with me. Want to mention, of course, that the Locked On Blue Jay podcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I'm actually pretty proud to mention that the Locked On Blue Jay podcast is the only daily Blue Jay podcast. That's Monday to Friday every week as we follow the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays together. Now, of course, tonight's Blue Jay game can be caught on Sirius XM. And I want to say a welcome to a new YouTube subscriber to the Locked On Blue Jays podcast, the YouTube page, Sean Seal. And a shout out to Lawn Care Made Easy for your comments on the Locked On Blue Jay YouTube page. To the everydayers making the Locked On Blue Jay podcast your first podcast listen every day, I absolutely thank you for that. I'm seeing some really exciting growth from the audio side, from the podcast side. So whether you're taking it on Apple, Spotify, I mean, however you're taking your podcasts, I see you checking out the Locked On Blue Jay podcast every day, and I absolutely thank you for that. Juan Soto, Manny Machado, and the San Diego Padres in town. So let's get into the overview for this series. Toronto Blue Jays in their franchise history have an eight and seven record versus the San Diego Padres. Yeah, that's it. Eight and seven, 15 games, pretty much by far, actually, the fewest games that the Toronto Blue Jays have played against any Major League Baseball opponent. Now, the last two times these two teams were together was back in 2019. It was a three-gamer right here at the Rogers Center, and it was a series full of extremes. In game one, Hunter Renfro hits a three-run home run in the top of the eighth inning to turn a 3-1 Blue Jays lead into a 4-3 San Diego Padre victory. That was off Daniel Hudson. In game two, the Padres would romp to a 19-4 victory at the Rogers Center. Holy moly, Hunter Renfro had two more home runs in that game. So three for the series. Will Myers had a pair of home runs. Ian Kinsler, Austin Hedges, and Eric Cosmer would all homer as well. Seven long balls for the Padres that day. It got so bad for the Blue Jays that they had their catcher, Luke Melee, pitch the ninth inning. And incredibly, it was a scoreless ninth inning. Zero runs, and he struck out Hunter Renfro. Again, remember, Renfro comes into that at bat against the catcher, Luke Melee, having three home runs already in the series. On a full count pitch, Melee strikes him out looking. That was pretty incredible. And then Austin Hedges, who had homered in his previous at bat as well, the catcher, Luke Melee, strikes out Austin Hedges looking also pretty cool. Pretty cool memory there. And then in game three, this is why I say it was a series of extremes because the Blue Jays lose 19 to four one day. They win 10 to four the next, uh, 10 to one, sorry, the next day. The series finale was a 10 to one final for the Blue Jays. Will Myers, that's the lone run for the Padres. It was another Will Myers home run. So Myers and Renfro each went deep three times in that series. Now, nothing to be concerned about in this series as Renfro now in LA with the Angels and Myers is in Cincinnati. In that 10-1 beatdown, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. went 4-4 four for four with a home run. Kevin Biggio went deep. Justin Smoke went deep twice. And the Stroh Show, the former Blue Jay who 
Are you listening to current rumors? Could he be a could he be an upcoming Blue Jay as well? Wow, I mean, we'll certainly get into that at some point on the Lockdown Blue Jay podcast. But that was a, a game pitched by the Stroh Show. So you see, from the last two times these two teams were together, an absolute ton has changed. This is a road game, obviously, for the San Diego Padres. Now, in their last fifteen road games, the Padres have three wins. They have been scuffling. And that's not even a scuffle, right? They've been downright slumping, downright struggling on the road. Three and 12 over their last 15 road games. Wow. Overall, the Padres check in at 44 and 50. That's 10 games back in the NL West. They need to be thanking the baseball gods that the Colorado Rockies exist. Otherwise, San Diego would be a dead last in the NL West. They're eight games back in the wild card race. The San Diego Padres are paying $247 million for the team this season. It's the third highest payroll in baseball, and they have fallen flat on their face. There's some good pitching here, which we'll get into, but the offense, pretty much middle of the pack. Now, they are top 10 in home runs, I believe ninth overall in the league in home runs and ninth overall in the league in stolen bases. So a couple of glass half full things, I guess, there for the Padres. But for the most part, ooh, this offense has really, really been underwhelming. They don't have anybody hitting over 300. In fact, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. leads the team with a 285 batting average. Manny Machado and Juan Soto are tied for the team lead. They each have 17 home runs. Now they're both hitting a lot of home, a lot of a road home runs this season as well, Machado and Soto. But Manny Machado at the Rogers Center, of course, longtime Baltimore Oriole, and he played during the unbalanced schedule. So he's been at the Rogers Center many times. Manny Machado's played 52 games at the Rogers Center, just six home runs. So yes, Machado's been good on the road this season, but he's never been particularly good at Rogers Center. And in those 52 games, how about a 243 batting average for Manny Machado? Juan Soto, he's only played, you know, a couple of games at the Rogers Center. Three, I believe it is. He's had 13 at-bats, two for 13 without any home runs. So Machado and Soto, they're the usual suspects you have to be wary of, you know, when it comes to the long ball. But worth mentioning, neither one has been successful in this ballpark at the Rogers Center. Now, the hated, the hated Rugnet Odor is hitting just 210 for the Padres. Love to see that, love to see that, love to see that. Now, how about new Padre Xander Bogarts? Xander Bogarts familiar with him, right? Longtime Boston Red Sox, of course. In the offseason, he inked a deal to join the Padres. 11 years, $280 million. Pardon me? 11 years, $280 million U.S. So that's like $3.2 billion Canadian, right? Or whatever. Oh my God, you're like, oh my God. I digress, but wow. Monster contract. Are they getting banged for their buck? Are the San Diego Padres happy with that contract right now? They've got a decade to go. And in his first season as a Padre, Xander Bogart's right now on pace for career lows in hits, career lows in doubles, career lows in RBIs, career low in batting average, career low in on-base percentage, career low in OPS. Wow. 2023, this was the first time in, in a, a full season, so 2020, no, but in, 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 in a full season, this is the first time since 2018 that Xander Bogart's did not make the All-Star team. Wow. Wow. Talk about the opposite of bang for your buck there, right? My goodness. The As far as the pitching goes, we'll see Joe Musgrove tonight. I mean, Joe Musgrove is so good. I've got him in my fantasy league. He is so good. You, you, I mean, kudos to you if you do as well. It, it, even if you don't have him in your fantasy league, you know how good Joe Musgrove is. His 8-2 and two record, that's an 800 winning percentage. That leads the league. You Darvish, who the Jays came this close to landing back in 2012. I still don't know if I'm over that. I mean, they came so close to landing you Darvish back in 2012 when he ended up with the Texas Rangers. He goes tomorrow for the Padres. And then the series finale, it's getaway day. It's an afternoon matinee on Thursday. We'll see Blake Snell. Blake Snell, 
His 2.71 ERA is third best in all of baseball. Blake Snell has been awesome. It's three very good pitchers. It's three very good starters that the Padres are, are throwing at the Blue Jays in the series. Again, my issue with the Padres is that offense, I mean, just hasn't been good at all. The Blue Jays will throw Alec Manoa, Jose Barrios, and Chris Bassett. So three righties in the series. And the Padres are tw- are just 26 and 34. They've only won 26 of the 60 games they've played against righties this season. Blue Jays are playing well. Padres are scuffling. I'm predicting two out of three in this series for the Toronto Blue Jays. Coming up on the Lockdown Blue Jay podcast, we'll get into Alec Manoa versus Joe Musgrove, the pitching matchup tonight. And that game, of course, available on SiriusXM. Now, first, I wanted to mention that buying tickets to your favorite sporting events or your favorite events in general, I mean, shouldn't be stressful. Game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, the music, the comedy, the theater, you name it, near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're about to have. I've used Game Time a few times. I've used the Game Time app a few times this season to go and check out the Toronto Blue Jays. And for me, what's important is I love that you get the uh, the image of the seat, so you know what to expect when you get there. But it's such an easy process that you it's two taps and you, and the tickets are yours, and the tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you're not digging through your email when you get to the vent. Like you're later, just show your phone to the ticket taker at the venue enjoy your show, or in my case, enjoy the game, right? It is that easy for somebody like me. Believe me, I'm not technologically advanced at all. I need it to be super easy. That's why I keep using the game time app because, because of its ease of use. And I really appreciate the game time guarantee. So the game time guarantee means you're always going to get the best price because if you find tickets in the same section and roll for less game time is going to credit you 110% of the difference. I mean, it's the fastest gaming, the fastest growing, sorry, ticketing app in the country for a reason. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On MLB. That's going to get you twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Now again, create an account and redeem the code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Alec Manoa, the big Puma, makes his second start since returning from Florida. Now, what do we know about you know the the main issue for Alec Manoa? Certainly was the control issue as well. In that return that we saw, uh, what, what about a week and a half ago now, that start, that the Friday night start against the Tigers, it was his first, hopefully of a few, hopefully of many starts, right? But it was the first time this season that Alec Manoa did not issue a walk. Now, the Padres are certainly, uh, you know, a different animal than than the Tigers. I mean, the Tigers are very lowly offense. It's, it's part of why Alec Manoa was handpicked to return against the Tigers. The Padres, yes, they're scuffling offensively, true, but they do walk. I will say this. They walk more than any team in baseball. So Manoa, again today, is going to have to be uh, effective in the strike zone. What I loved, probably my favorite thing, and there's a few things to point to to really like in Manoa's return. I mean, eight strikeouts, no luck. There's a few things to point to in Manoa's return, but nothing more important for me personally than of the 23 batters Alec Manoa faced in his return, 19 of the 23, the first pitch was strike one. That's brilliant. That's how you're going to be successful. Now, again, a different animal. The Padres actually do pretty well <laughs> jumping on the first pitch. So it can't just be something right down the middle, right? But it has to be something on the corners with, with, with some sharp movement, you know, some some improved um, a strike one or, or first pitches like we saw from Alec Manoa in that Detroit series, in that Detroit game. The other thing we saw in that Detroit game that was better than at any point so far this season was his in-game adjustments, in particular to his mechanics. You would see Manoa miss with a pitch and it was very typical of how we've seen him missing with the pitches this season but the next time he threw that pitch it was in the spot he wanted it to be in so his pitch to pitch mechanic adjustments was as good last start as it's been all season long and actually a pretty big cause for optimism 
the current San Diego Padres are just four for 32 versus Alec Manoa. All four hits were singles, but of course, you know, that was the previous Alec Manoa, right? The one that we know was the absolute dominant Alec Manoa. Now, Rugnet Odur, just two for 13 versus Alec Manoa. So come on, Alec, continue that domination tonight, please, please, please. One thing that is absolutely stunning about what we've seen from the Big Puma in 2023 is how he's been at home. He is 0-4. His ERA at Rogers Center, 8.68. And, and I feel like I have to repeat that because you, you think you heard it wrong, and, and I understand why you think you heard it wrong. Alec Manoa's ERA at Rogers Center this season is 8.68. He's pitched 28 innings in front of the home crowd, 25 walks. Pardon me, 28 innings at home, 25 walks. That's combined with 41 hits. It's 28 innings pitched. How does he have 25 walks and 41 hits? Eight home runs. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I need to take a breather here. I mean, these these numbers from Alec Manoa at home, this, this quote-unquote, you know, production from Alec Manoa at home in 2023 has been deplorable, absolutely putrid, and complete opposite of what we'd expect from Alec Manoa. So to state the obvious has to be significantly better at home. So far, opponents are hitting 345 versus Alec Manoa at Rogers Center. <laughs> Yikes. Now, this is Manoa coming in on a lot of rest. And over his over the course of his career, with extra days rest, he's 21-9 and nine with a 2.80 ERA. So hopefully, the extra day rest is something that's going to really help Alec Manoa. Because, man, hey, we need Alec Manoa back to being... I don't think we need Alec Manoa back to being the, the you know third in Cy Young voting Alec Manoa, but certainly need him to be so significantly better than he's been. If, if that Alec Manoa that we saw last Friday, a couple Fridays ago against the Detroit Tigers, if that is Alec Manoa for the rest of the season, oh boy, oh boy, I'll be very excited about that. Other side of the coin, Joe Musgrove. Wow, is this guy good? Eight and two record, 3.29 ERA. And again, I mentioned earlier that eight and two record, that's an 800 winning percentage. That's the best in the league. Padres are nine and five in Musk and Musgrove starts and nine and one when they score at least three runs. So I hate to put that pressure on you, Alec Manoa, but you're going to have to be good tonight because when the Padres score three or more and Joe Musgrove is on the mound, San Diego Padres win that game. Now, glass half full for the Blue Jay fans tonight is that Musgrove has been way more effective, like way more effective in day games. And this, of course, is a night game. Brandon Belt and Dalton Varsho, they've both come from the NL West, so they've got a lot of experience versus Joe Musgrove. Uh, they're combined 8 for 27. That's a 296 average with a pair of home runs against, against Musgrove. You know, we constantly, I mean, geez, all season long, we've been looking for something that could happen that could kickstart Dalton Varsho. It's tough to say that, you know, a matchup with with someone as good as Joe Musgrove is going to kickstart you, but but Var, uh, Varsho's hit Musgrove well in the past, so hopefully that's something that, that can kickstart him. The rest of the Blue Jays versus Musgrove, just a combined three for 14. Because, yes, I took out Yusei Kikuchi's 0 for 1, and I took out Kevin Gosman's 1 for 8. Yeah, Gosman's 1 for 8. <laughs> but I don't think we'll see Gosman uh, a bat tonight against <laughs> against the Padres, uh, against Joe Musgrove. Now, Joe Musgrove, wow, impressive arsenal. I mean, this guy, he throws the kitchen sink at you. The, he, he's very similar to... Uh, to Chris Bassett in, in the stuff that he has, you know, most, most pitchers have one strikeout pitch, possibly two Joe Musgrove will, will, will strike it with the fastball. He'll strike it with his curveball. He'll strike it with a slider. He'll strike it with his changeup. He is an equal pitch, uh, you know, opportunity offender when it comes to getting his strikeouts, such a good repertoire. Now his slider and his cut fastball have, have really missed their spots this season. I've gotten hit in so far this season. So those are going to be the keys of all the pitches that you're going to see run up there today. If you're a Blue Jay hitter, try to pick out the slider, try to pick out the cut fastball. 
even if you've got an idea of, of a pitch that's coming, at the very least, be ready, be thinking to yourself, here's the pitch I'm looking for in this spot right here. But if he hangs the slider, which he's done a couple times this season, I'm going to be ready to do damage to it. Lefties will have to be wary of Musgrove's changeup and look to pick on the cut fastball as well. I mean, left, left lefties are, are really hitting the cutter well. Musgrove's first ever road start was at the Rogers Center. Like first ever in his career, I mean, was at the Rogers Center. It was an absolute gem, but not really to worry because it was back in 2016. And when I say I like the Blue Jays to win this series, it's because of the Padres scuffling offense, not because of the pitching. I mean, Joe Musgrove tonight, really good. So is you Darvish tomorrow and Blake Snell on Thursday has been absolutely awesome. Third and final segment for Tuesday's Locked on Blue Jay podcast. You know, around here, we like to do trivia on Tuesdays, and we're out of the All-Star break now. We just had the All-Star game, so let's put a bow on the All-Star break, on the All-Star game itself, with some Toronto Blue Jay All-Star trivia. Now, I'm going to ask the questions. I have eight trivia questions here. I'm going to ask the eight questions first. So you can you can pause if I, I want to do it that way, and then I'll come back. You know, come back after I'll I'll ask the questions again and give the answers. I just want to set it up that way, just in case there's a question or two where you're like, oh, that answer's right on the tip of my tongue, and and you don't want the next question to come in, or you don't want to hear the answer just yet, right? Because you want to play along at home. That I, I want you to have that fun as well. So we'll we'll do it that way. I'll ask the first eight questions. You can pause it, think about your answers, then just press play afterwards because. There's the answers coming for you right then and there. So Blue Jay All-Star Trivias. Let's get going here. First question. Now in 2004 and in 2005, each of those seasons, the Toronto Blue Jays sent just one player to the All-Star game uh, representing the Toronto Blue Jays. And those play, each of those players was shortly thereafter traded. And the reason was they literally fought, yes, fought <laughs> with Blue Jays manager John Gibbons. Who were those two players? One was an everyday position player. The other was a starting pitcher. Who were those two all-stars that quickly, my goodness, fell out of favor with the Toronto Blue Jays? Question number two, how many Blue Jays did the 1993 Toronto Blue Jays send to the all-star game? Remember, 1993 Blue Jays, that's the repeat champion season. How many all-stars, and can you name them, but really looking for how many all-stars that the Blue Jays have? It's a franchise record. Question number three, can you name the three Toronto Blue Jay closers in franchise history who made an all-star game. There are just three Toronto Blue Jay closers in franchise history have rep Blue Jays as a closer at the all-star game. Who are those three? Question number four, what Toronto Blue Jay went to the all-star game the most as a Toronto Blue Jay? This person went seven times representing the Blue Jays. Three times he was the Blue Jays' alone representative. Who was that former Toronto Blue Jay? Question number five, the Toronto Blue Jays hosted the 1991 All-Star Game. Which three Blue Jays repped the home team in that game? Number six, with the San Diego Padres in town. This is one of my favorite ones here. If you know the answer to this one, man, we can be friends. I love this question here. So the Padres are in town. What former Padres and former Blue Jay catchers? So a player, he was a, a former catcher in big league baseball. He caught for the Padres. He caught for the Blue Jays. He was the starting catcher for the National League in 1991, the, the All-Star Game at Toronto. He was a starting catcher for the National League. Played two decades in Major League Baseball. His first seven seasons were with the Padres. He won the Rookie of the Year with the Padres. He was a four-time All-Star with the Padres. And he was the Blue Jays catcher in 97 and 98. Who are we talking about there? What former big league catcher? Two decades in the game. I mean, that's impressive. Who are we talking about there? Question number seven. What longtime Blue Jays star left the Blue Jays 
after the 1990 season, joined the Chicago Cubs and actually repped the Chicago Cubs at the Sky Dome in that 1991 All-Star game. He finished fourth in the home run derby that year as well. So longtime Blue Jay, absolute star. Every dayers will know this clue here if I tell you he's my favorite Blue Jay ever. Longtime Blue Jay left after the 90s, 1990 season, signed with the Chicago Cubs, and then came right back to the then Sky Dome, right, in, in, in the early 90s. In that 91 All-Star game, finished fourth in the home run derby. Who was that? And our final question here, and again, we're going back to that 1991 All-Star game that the Toronto Blue Jays hosted. Who won the home run derby that season? He was also the 1991 All-Star game MVP. Got the pause going. Okay, now you're coming back here. Okay, welcome back. Now you're back. Let's go through the answers together here. I hope you had fun. I, I really like a lot of these questions here. So the first question, the in 2004 and in 2005, the Blue Jays sent just one player each of those years to the All-Star game. Both were shortly traded there after that because they fought with John Gibbons. My goodness. Trying to get Gibby on the, on the podcast as well. Hopefully one day he'll be on the Lockdown Blue Jay podcast. I said one was an everyday position player. One was a starting pitcher. Well, the everyday position player, you may remember, Shea Hillenbrand. And the starting pitcher, you may remember, Ted Lilly. Question number two, how many Blue Jays were All-Stars in 1993? Did you get this one? Not five, not six. How about seven? How about the Toronto Blue Jays sent? I mean, did they own? The Blue Jays pretty much ran the 1993 All-Star game. Seven Blue Jays were All-Stars. Roberto Alomar, Joe Carter, Pat Hankin, Paul Molitor, John Olerud, Devon White, Dwayne Ward. Wow. Now, speaking of Dwayne Ward... Remember, the next question was, can you name the three Toronto Blue Jay closers in franchise history that have made the All-Star game? So, Dwayne Ward, you probably got Tom Hankey as well. Did you get the third one? Came over from the Baltimore Orioles, I want to say in 2005, might have been 2006. Let's say 2005. Came over from the Baltimore Orioles, hard-throwing lefty, B.J. Ryan. What Toronto Blue Jay went to the All-Star game the most as a Blue Jay? Well, he's right here. He's represented right here. One of one of the all-time greats. Loved him so much. Dave Steve. Dave Steve, a seven-time All-Star for the Toronto Blue Jays. Three times Dave Steve was the lone representative for the Toronto Blue Jays. I mean, there, so there was a long stretch of time, right, in Toronto Blue Jay franchise history where Dave Steve was as good as a guy. He, he was the only good player on this team. He was the only one to cheer for. Think of like the mid, you know, the early 2000s, right, where all we had to cheer for was like uh, what was Carlos Delgado, Later on, all we had to cheer for was Roy Holiday. Similar times, right? But in the 80s, it was Dave Steve. We got to the, the All-Star game that Toronto hosted in 1991. What three Blue Jays repped the home team that season? Well, that was new Blue Jay. Remember, 91 was the first season for the Blue, on the Blue Jays for Roberto Alomar. It was the first season for Joe Carter. They were both All-Stars. And did you get the third one? It was the starting pitcher, Juan Guzman. Juan Guzman repped the Blue Jays in that 1991 All-Star game. I mentioned that the San Diego Padres are in town, and I asked what former Padre and former Blue Jay catcher was the starting National League catcher in that 1991 All-Star game at then Skydome. Two decades in the MLB, his first seven seasons with the Padres. Do you remember him, Rookie of the Year? Oh, boy, I'm blanking on the Rookie of the Year year. The Rookie of the Year year. It was late 80s, if I'm remembering correctly, but that was Benito Santiago. And I said on that question, if you know the answer to this question, then you and I could be friends. Benito Santiago two decades catching in the majors i mean is is that good wow i don't know how catchers spend two weeks catching all the <laughs> as banged up as you get my goodness next question we asked what longtime blue jay star had left the jays after the 1990 season joined the chicago cubs and then ironically would rep the cubs at the sky dome in the 91 all-star game in toronto and he actually finished fourth in the home run derby he's also pictured up here and i said that the clue was every day as well no it's my favorite blue jay of all time 
That's George Bell. That's George Bell. And the final question we asked, and, and this is the one that really, I mean, no pressure, but I do hope you got this one because I just, I, this one really stands out to me as, as, as a, almost like a core memory. I mean, it was a pretty big deal, right? To have the Blue Jays host an all-star game. Hopefully they're about to host one coming up soon as well. I know they're finalists. I think it's 2025. The Blue Jays are in the, there's three finalists and the Blue Jays are one of them. I believe it's the 2025 all-star game. So especially with all the changes and renovations that have been done, plus it's high time, right? The, the Toronto's a major market repping the whole country. It's, it's an awesome atmosphere and they haven't had an all-star game here since 91. So MLB, I mean, it is about time that the Blue Jays do host another all-star game, but who won the 91 home run derby at Skydome? And then wouldn't, wouldn't uh, also be the 1991 all-star game MVP. We're talking legend. We're talking Iron Man. There's the ultimate clue, right? We're talking Iron Man. Of course, we're talking Cal Ripken. That's a wrap for this week. For, not for this week, sorry, for, for this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Blue Jay podcast. If you're a baseball fan in general, keep it locked on the Locked On Podcast Network and check out Sully hosting Locked On MLB. If you're like myself and you're a fantasy baseball enthusiast, then keep it locked on the Locked On Podcast Network and check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Be sure to check in tomorrow. Remember, Lockdown Blue Jay Podcast, your only daily Blue Jay podcast, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So have a great Tuesday. Go Jays, go. And we'll see you tomorrow.